You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. And welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and the coast-to-coast version heard live here on OC Talk Radio. It is Thursday. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show does air live every week right here in this time slot on our internet radio station, as I just said, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to the show as a podcast, we encourage you to consider listening to the program during our broadcast times here on our radio station. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Commerce National Bank, Succession Strategies, Smart Business Magazine, and Smart Stop Self-Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better business decisions. Critical Mass Coast to Coast is a production of Renaissance Executive Forums and Critical Mass for Business. Executive Forums brings together top executives from non-competing companies into an advisory board process through which thousands of leaders gain fresh ideas and new insights. We are just jam-packed today on the radio program. We have three exciting guests. Later in the show, Bob Hennessy, president of My Marketing Department Incorporated, will be joining the program. Our middle guest today is George Bressler. He is president of GB Collects, and I understand that he was actually at the NASDAQ today, and so we're going to have a conversation about that. And our first guest, Ed Trevisani, is the owner of Altabella Group, and I'm holding in my hands a copy of a recent article in the Harvard Business Review, and Ed is prominently featured, so we're definitely going to want to talk about that as well. So let me step out of the way and bring our first guest onto the show. Ed, welcome to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. Well, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. All right. Tell us a little bit about your firm. Uh, a, I give you a little bit of background and a little bit about my firm. Basically, my company is an international consulting company. In a nutshell, we help companies and executives uh, succeed and uh, meet their meet their goals. Uh, uh, it, it, we offer a lot of different services, uh, M&A, process restructuring, IT implementation, and uh, uh, entering new markets. Uh, we look at margins, uh, margin improvement, uh, cost structure, and basically help them, uh, you know, grow as an entity. So... You've been called, or the article that I'm looking at talks about the rise of the super temp. Ed, can you explain to our audience what is meant by the term super temp? Yeah, absolutely. What we're finding, at least what I'm finding in the network, uh, I think a little bit of history might help the audience. I came out of General Electric as an executive, was an operations exec, and then transitioned into... uh, professional services or consulting. I was a partner at PwC. I was a managing partner at IBM. I actually ran their Oracle practice across the majority of Europe, Eastern Europe, Russia and the Middle East, uh, uh, and Africa. I actually resided in Moscow, uh, Russia, for a number of years. Uh, and uh, the in that transition, what I have found over time is that Companies, especially larger companies, are seeking uh, uh, executive expertise and experience who've kind of been there before. And they're looking for someone who can come in, help them, partner with them, and give them advice, which is different than the traditional, what I would call, 
you know, consulting shop, which may come in, provide expertise of various, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, of various types uh, to provide uh, support to, to meet, you know, meet, meet some of their goals or, or solve, solve their particular issues. As a result, I've held positions of uh, interim executives, a CEO, for example, of an international trading company, a uh, vice president of a global uh, uh, global consulting for a software company, and various other similar roles. So in, uh, in this particular article, it's pointing out that there's a number of folks like myself who companies are seeking to help them you know, achieve, uh, achieve their goals. Is this a growing phenomenon? Is this a reaction to the recession? Do you see this as a trend that is going to kind of take hold and become mainstream? What is your sense of this concept of super temp and the ability for corporate America to engage people like you with advanced skills to solve specific problems within or opportunities within their firms? It's an interesting question. I'm finding it to be more of a trend than it ever was. Partially, I believe, due to the economy, but also if you think about it, and I've been in executive roles in major corporations, and I've been in the company like I'm in now, right, in, in this kind of a role. But what I find is, uh, and some of my, a lot of my colleagues find the same thing, even individual CEO type, uh, senior VPs, senior executives are almost like super temps. Uh, anyway, they, they, they make a transition. They're usually in a job two to three years, right. and they're going off to somewhere else, either within the same firm or outside in another company. So depending on how you look at it, super temp has kind of become the norm probably over about the last 10 years or so. If you could help me to understand why you do this type of work, you obviously, based on your experience and background, could get another corporate job, even if that's a three- or four-year gig. I mean, you could do that instead of playing this role of super temp. Why do you choose to do this work, Ed, at this point in your career? Uh, To be honest with you, it's fun. I enjoy partnering and working with senior executives like myself and helping them succeed in their role. And everybody has different challenges. It also gives me the opportunity not only to meet new people, meet new executives, and help them, I interface with executives in multiple industries, so my experience tends to grow as a result of that. I've helped companies uh, uh, in the oil and gas industry, like TNKBP, BP, Shell. I've helped companies like in the in the uh, consumer product area, uh, like Pepsi, uh, in the pharma area, like J and J and Pfizer, uh, in the NGO area, like Pew Charitable Trust, for example. Uh, I'm on the board of the, uh, um, uh, uh, I also do some philanthropic work. I'm on the board of the American Red Cross in the Philadelphia area. And so I find it, uh, to be honest, fun. Uh, and it's, it's enjoyable to help, I find, more colleagues. Some have become very good friends. Some have become colleagues, uh, you know, succeed in their, in their current role, right? And they transition to, to uh, another, you know, another role at some point in time, and they, uh, it builds my network right, from a business perspective. But bottom line to answer your question, it's actually very enjoyable. 
You know, even even large companies with significant staff and and like the firms that you listed, the kind that you are working with and the ones that you're helping, I know struggle to get outside perspective and wonder if they're really kind of looking at a problem with a with a similar set of views based on the fact that they all work inside the company and sometimes the executives have been there for quite a long time others are relatively new i would have to think bringing somebody in like you at a senior level with all the recent experience that you've had with other firms in different industries probably can bring a lot of perspective that they couldn't get and they don't have in the room without someone like you a super temp there to help out I think that's probably an accurate statement. Um, uh, I find in dealing with, uh, I mentioned a lot of large companies, but I also work with uh, various, you know, small to mid-cap companies, and their challenges are very different, right? More of small to mid-cap companies, especially those that are growing, their challenges is more focused around that transition of growth. How do I, as an entrepreneur, go to a next stage and be able to transition into maybe a different role, bring in expertise that may be required? I have process challenges. I have market uh, penetration challenges. They tend to think of revenue only in a small to mid-cap company. I'm bringing in the bucks, but they don't look at the cost structure as well, at least I find. And that's a challenge for folks is to look at both sides of the equation. I've got to make money, but I also have to do it in a very cost-effective way. Where a large company is looking more of, hey, i got money in the bank. I need to invest. I need to go into a new market. I need to figure out how to, to uh, be able to be more competitive. Uh, there's a lot of, of cost associated with that and challenges regarding finding the right expertise to be able to put uh, the right team together, together right, to, uh, to meet those, those kinds of goals. At least that's what I'm finding in the, in the marketplace. And I obviously would be interested in some of your audience's uh, you know, feedback you know, when, they, when they write to you when we're, when we're done to see okay. what their experiences are. But that's, that's what I'm finding in the market. Final question on the idea of super temps. We got about four. My engineers told me I got about four minutes left with you today, so I, I had a couple of things that I wanted to get to, but I'm um, I find this so fascinating. I wanted to give you an opportunity to share with our audience uh, and educate them on this idea of how super temps are. I was just at an economic conference this morning. A lot of conversation about unemployment rate, GDP, and unemployment rate. These are kind of the two numbers, and then there's right. this inflation thing that's going to come potentially in the future. But the two big things that economists, from what I can tell, are focused on are GDP growth and uh, the unemployment rate. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you find that the media is understanding this new class of executive that exists, which in this article has been termed, or in this report has been termed super temp? Do, Do you find others are coming on to this idea and getting a hold of it? Or is this, you know, a rare opportunity to have a chance to talk about what a super temp is? Yeah, I think it's probably a little, I find it to be more rare than not, but I believe it's getting more traction in the marketplace in terms of the the economy is definitely shifting. If you look at what the U.S. and EMEA are going through right now and the challenges in the Asia-Pac region and the kind of expertise that's required uh, to, uh, to, to grow, there, there are enough challenges there and enough turn in the market to view 
executives with experience who are willing to be hands-on, right? There's the exec in the corner office, and there's the ones who are hands-on. It really takes a hands-on type of mentality to be able to want to do the kind of thing that, that a super temp, quote, may do, right? Uh, uh, and, and that's, you know, that's a personal decision. But I'm finding, to answer your question, no, I don't believe the media has really picked up on it to a great degree, but I believe that they're starting to, thus the, the article in the Harvard Business Review and, and, a, and a few others. Uh, that, that there's even been some overseas uh, articles published in, I believe, Forbes and, uh, and, and the uh, international um, uh, component of the, of the Harvard Business Review. That's interesting you bring up Europe because it's my understanding that this idea of hiring for projects or for specific um, responsibilities, a short-term senior-level executive with pre-existing experience, it has is is more of a common practice on the continent in Europe than it has been historically here in the United States. And you're sort of on the vanguard, it seems like, with to me, of doing that here uh, in your market and across the country, and if not across the world. Yeah, I think that's probably true. In Europe, it's a little bit different because of their their uh, uh, their rules that they have there, um, uh, where where individuals who are hired, even at the executive level, it is not easy to make a change. Uh, in in many of the European uh, uh, companies, uh, depending on which country they're based, whether it's France, Germany, uh, it's 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 not like it's here in the U.S. where um, Hey, you got you're you're based on pay for performance, and there it's not necessarily uh, that kind of a model. So there is a tendency to bring in more senior level help uh, to be able to help you know th- those that are there you know achieve uh, achieve what they need to do. All right, final. Um, I have two questions for you. Help position when and why a company would consider bringing in a senior level. Ex- experienced executive such as you or others in your space, business owners, CEOs of mid-market companies listen to the program, entrepreneurs as well. Help them, talk to them, not the multinational corporations, but sure. as you said before, you, you do work with uh, mid-market companies, but it, could you explain to them when they should look outside their four walls to bring in talent such as yourself? Yeah, I'd say there's two two specific areas that, in my experience where that occurs. One is where Say the CEO says, "Hey, you know what? We've really got this very large effort that's going on. It may be a change in uh, their IT infrastructure. It might be a challenge in getting and growing their business, or looking across the company to maybe reduce their costs. And they don't have the internal expertise to do it. So they're looking for someone who has done this before many times, and they're also looking for someone in combination to." kind of be their advisor, right? So I find that that dual aspect tends to lend itself toward bringing someone in who is more of a super temp. Um, The other is a second area is where a company has been in trouble and they've brought in a new leadership uh, team. And it may be the new CEO, new new, new new, new, uh, uh, senior VP, uh, a new COO, and they're looking for someone to come in to give them some outside input as they make and grow grow through their challenges and the change that they have. They want somebody who can give them 
real advice, not just so it's not just a project, right? It is is really senior advisory services, so to speak, to help them come through the challenges that they face in trying to turn the company around. And I've been in both of those situations, but I find that those are probably two areas that are more significant today to bring somebody in who who uh, uh, you know is a fairly senior person that can help the executives. Thank you. If someone would like to learn more about you, Ed Trevisani, or your firm, how do they find you online? How do they contact you? Yeah, they can find me through Lincoln. Uh, uh, I can give uh, give you. Uh, they can call me directly, uh, or they can email me, and I'm happy to to give that out. I mean, if you'd like, I can share it now with your audience, or uh, they can do. Yes, absolutely. Okay, it's six one zero two nine three ninety three hundred. That's my mobile, and uh, uh, email is t r e v nine three zero zero at gmail dot com. And I'm happy to chat with uh, any of your uh, anybody in your audience. Thank you for making time to share with us today a little bit about what you're doing and this trend that's taking hold here in the U.S. is not around the world. I appreciate it, Ed. It was informative and interesting. Have a good day, and thanks for being a part of our program and a friend of the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Goodbye. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my engineer let me know we're having a little bit of a guest schedule change. So George Bressler will be with us later. He'll be our third guest this hour. Bob Hennessy, who was going to be our third guest, is now our second guest. He's online. He's ready to go. We're going to take a short commercial break. And then the president of my marketing department, Incorporated, will be our guest. Stay tuned after these words from our sponsors. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Com. I got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sea. With Smart Stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smart old way to store. Smart Stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart Stop, the smarter way to store. Welcome back to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the program today live. If you are, find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website. You can log in with your Twitter handle. This will connect you to our engineer, and our engineer today is Paul Roberts. 
you can converse with him. Possibly some of the ideas and thoughts that you uh, would like to share, we can bring them into the interview either now with Bob Hennessy or later with George Bressler. As I said, let's turn our attention to president of My Marketing Department Incorporated, Bob Hennessy. Bob, welcome to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. Thank you, Rick. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Let's get started by asking if you could share a little bit about your background and tell us what specifically My Marketing Department Incorporated does. Well, it's uh, pretty simple. Uh, my business is providing marketing, consulting strategy, and execution services. Uh, Focus primarily on businesses that sell consultative products or services to other businesses. So it's a B2B uh, application with a primary focus to generate B2B sales leads. Uh, my background was, uh, has been in business my entire life, uh, generally working for larger corporations in uh, B2B as well as B2C. So uh, kind of a corporate background and now very focused on uh, small business. Seems in small businesses many times they suffer from a feast or famine sort of business model. They're getting really busy. They then have to service that demand, and then they have to go out and create more business opportunities. Does your company address that? Absolutely. Uh, one of the We see three big mistakes generally made by small businesses regarding marketing. Uh, first of all, it, it's the fact that most people think marketing is an activity like direct mail or email or social media or radio advertising. But in fact, these are not marketing strategies. They're actually distribution channels for a firm's marketing messages. But there's often a lot of confusion. People say, well, I'm doing you know, social media marketing or I want to do social media marketing. There's really not social media marketing. There's marketing and social media is a channel that you put your marketing messages through. Uh, so there's a huge misunderstanding about what marketing is out there in the business world. And the second thing we, we try to work with uh, our clients with is to get them to uh, have a marketing plan. Many, many companies don't have a marketing plan, or if they have one, they've lost it. They're not using it. And uh, also to counsel them on the fact that once they have a marketing plan, they need to be patient enough to let it work. Uh, and the third point is not marketing, as you just mentioned, uh, Rick, is not marketing consistently, mainly because uh, there were insufficient resources initially budgeted to accomplish the marketing objectives in the first place. And this is really critical because 50% of all successful marketing is consistency of the marketing effort. You know, like people say about publicity, uh, publicity is any publicity is good publicity, and it's somewhat true for marketing that even bad marketing done consistently can have a value for people. Well, that's like a universal lesson in life. They say the same thing about, you know, the same thing can be said about working out, uh, dietary habits. It's like just do something. And, you know, I, I, why do you think um, small companies don't integrate the marketing in the way that you you know, on the three axes that you just described. Why isn't that way in most small businesses? Well, I think it's because of what you just said earlier. They're, they're, they're very harried. Uh, they're, they're focused on uh, wearing many hats in, in, in a lot of cases. Uh, they're, they're working a lot of hours, and they're, they're working in the business instead of on the business, as, as they say. 
that, that's, I think, the, the, the main reason why some of these things are not focused on. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are interested in doing something. Uh, I work with a lot of consulting companies, and they get involved in projects uh, doing the consulting for their clients, and they're really passionate about that. Uh, but then they forget about doing marketing for their own business. <laughs> yes, and a lot of professional services firms, whether they be CPAs or attorneys, they have a you know they have their rainmakers, and it almost is a gift to have an individual that can do sales and marketing and and does marketing within a lot of mid tier professional services firms, and it almost feels like to me when I consult with them that some of the partners would rather not engage in that activity. For whatever reason, it just makes them uncomfortable. Right. It, well, it's not what it's not as you just said. They're not. It's not what they're comfortable with. It's not what they do. They'd rather be being an accountant or being a lawyer or being a, a computer programmer or something like that. Help me to understand um, from your perspective, because with the advent of social media, you talked about it as another network, a channel to the client, and I and I agree to the marketplace, but. Um, it almost feels like in some cases a lot of small business owners have become almost paralyzed by the amount of options available to them to where they, they can't make a final decision and pull a trigger and do something. So how does your firm, my marketing department incorporated, work with those clients to get them past, if you even sense that in your clients, getting past that inertia of not even being able to pick which business plan and marketing plan makes sense for their business? Well, we what we try to do is is help them uh, actually develop a marketing plan. That's that's the first thing. Uh, whether it's social media, or as you just, as you just mentioned, or the other things that I mentioned in terms of email or direct mail or radio advertising, those things just being channels of distributing the message. You kind of have to step back, kind of come back upstream and say, okay, we got to develop the marketing plan first. What's the strategy that we're going to use to market this business to one or more target markets that they might have? Doing that, you need to understand, you know, what their customers are looking for from them. And so we put a lot of emphasis on being what we call customer-centric or, or understanding who their target audience is, what's important to the target audience, and then developing a marketing plan that's going to uh, serve that target audience, um, and that's the first thing we do, and 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 that's really the most important. And then we develop the marketing messages, which is the second most important. And then we'll get into saying, okay, let's look at if one of our strategies and an important strategy is branding, then social media can be a really good uh, channel to develop branding for a small business. So we might recommend that and say, okay, this is the amount of resources that need to, you know, to be put into that. And in terms of social media, a lot of times the resources, because the platforms are free, uh, like Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and so forth, it's it's not so much an, uh, you know, a, a cost to, to get involved in the platforms, but the cost comes from generating the content that goes on those platforms. And so that either has to be done by the client or it's something we can help them out with. I'm going to hold you on that thought because I want to come back to that and talk a little bit more with you, Bob, on that point in particular, the generation of content and how do companies, what's the best practice in the area? We do need to take a commercial break. 
And so, ladies and gentlemen, when we come back to Critical Mass Coast to Coast, Bob Hennessy, who is the president of my marketing department, Incorporated, is going to provide us with a a little more insight in how you, as a small business owner, can address this uh, requirement to be able to continue to create content that's relevant to your marketplace and helps your brand. But first, as I said, here's time for a commercial break. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank Relationship Officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit him online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Math for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. This is your host, Rick Franzi. And this is just one of three programs that we do on a regular basis, weekly here in most cases, on octalkradio.net. On Tuesdays at 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, We air our original show, which is titled Critical Mass Radio Show. On that program, we interview business leaders, thought leaders, academics from the Southern California business market, and we share their insights and advice. On Wednesdays, we host a nonprofit show, which is called Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. In that show, we feature select Southern California nonprofit organizations by interviewing their executive directors and leadership. And then here on Thursday, you know that because you're listening to our program, many of you live, is our Critical Mass Coast to Coast, which is our nationally syndicated program in partnership with Renaissance Executive Forums. All shows can be heard here on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcasting services. All of our programs as well can be found on my website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. All right, let's get back to Bob Hennessy, who is president of My Marketing Department Incorporated. Before the break, I said I was going to ask you to share some best practices from what you've seen working with your clients about this 
need to create relevant current content? Creating content uh, is is a time-consuming task. That's the real cost of creating content is the time. To create content that's relevant, you have to uh, you know really search into what and profile the persona of your prospective clients. It's it's best to outline very specifically as as you can uh, what your target customer is, and actually in some cases even put a name on it, like uh, Joe the accountant, if that's going to be your target, and. List all of the things that uh, Joe the accountant uh, finds interesting in their life and what they're focused on, uh, both from a business standpoint and perhaps a, a non-business standpoint. And then develop keywords around that persona so that you can uh, develop content around the keywords that will then bring Joe the accountant to your content that you put out on the web. And when you do that, then Joe the accountant, it'll be easier for that persona to find your website and your content. And then you'll be able to start uh, entering into a dialogue and informing Joe the accountant and all the other accountants uh, about what is special about your business, uh, the fact that you understand the kinds of problems that Joe the accountant has in his business on a day-to-day basis, and how you're going to help him solve those business problems. And that's how you start creating that dialogue. And once you start doing that, then it's very likely that uh, Joe will say, gee, uh, this business is uh, smart. They understand my problems. And it would be important for me to reach out and start uh, creating that dialogue uh, with your company. From what I have, am learning and kind of understand relative to the current state of content marketing, and technology-enabled marketing, you just, I think, really gave a great um, teachable moment there for our small business owners about the way to approach marketing in today's age. You know, the, the advent of technology has given small business owners such a platform, a cost-effective platform, to reach an audience that they hadn't before been able to reach. And now the challenge is, okay, what do you do with it? And, I, and how do you utilize it? And I... I really do believe, especially in the B2B space, prospects are looking for potential suppliers who they believe have knowledge and information that they're willing to share with them, some of it for free, but then they're willing to pay for additional information. It sounds like the programs you create for your clients really bring that to life for them in a consistent way. Yeah, in in the B2B space, uh your your clients don't need to be sold. <laughs> uh, business people are looking for solutions. That's uh, they're in business. They have problems that they need solutions to. Uh, so it's not like consumer advertising where you know uh, companies can create markets, create interest for products or services that consumers never thought about. Uh, in the business to business world, uh, business people pretty much know what they need to operate their business. Uh, and they're they're looking for for you know solutions that are going to help them, and people that are smart that they can associate and collaborate with, that will help them grow their business. 
I had the opportunity to hear Daniel Pink, noted author of the book Drive and four other books. He was talking about his latest book, uh, which is on sales and a little bit on marketing. And what you just said is exactly what he, his point that he was, the research that he has done ver- validates and is in line with the kind of points that you're making here on our program here today, Bob. So I want to thank you for doing that. Final question for you today here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. If someone would like to learn more about you, your firm, my marketing department, Incorporated, how do they find you online? Uh, they just have to go to www.mymarketing and the abbreviation for department, DEPT.com. All right. Well, thank you for being a friend of the program and giving us time and just a slice of what you know about helping companies with their marketing programs. Continued success in 2013, sir. Same to you, Rick. Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will take our third and final commercial break. And on the other side of that, George Bressler, president of GB Collects, will be on the show right from the floor of the NASDAQ. How exciting! Can't wait to get him on the program. But first, let's spend a little bit of time with our commercial sponsors. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. If you've not seen an episode of our Critical Mass TV show, then please go to our website, Critical Mass. For forbusiness.com, where you'll see a link to the archives of all of our shows. We also have a YouTube channel, which is Critical Mass Business. The latest show, which airs, which is the show for January, has the CEO and founder of an Orange County firm that is now national. Actually, they're international. The firm's name is Yogurtland. And the feature on the uh, conversation that I had with Philip Chang, the CEO and founder, is how he's built foundation the foundation of his business on the culture of his business. All right, let's turn our attention to our third and final guest today. Uh, George Bressler is the president of GB Collects. And George, welcome to the program. And I have to say right off the bat, thanks for making time in what must be a very busy day to be a part of our program. My pleasure, Rick. Thanks for having me on. I'm going to get to what your firm does, etc. But before we get there, there, I guess, the news of the day, and I'd like you to share it with our audience, is tell us what you were doing this afternoon. You know, I'm uh, privileged enough to be outside the New York City area, and today I spent the day at the NASDAQ market uh, on Times Square in New York City, and I was uh, extra privileged, if you wish to go that far, as to be on the podium to ring the closing bell uh, with uh, John Mackey, uh, the CEO and founder of Whole Foods, 
and also Louis Schiff, a uh, famous author and uh, president of Inc. Magazine Business Owners Council, uh, along with my fellow council and board members from Inc. Magazine. So it was a great day. Have you ever had the opportunity to do that before? Was this something like a life goal of yours, or tell me a little bit more about it? You know, every businessman has the goal to be featured on uh, up on the podium ringing the closing bell, kind of a bucket list, okay. if you would, uh, to see your picture up in Times Square with a great group of entrepreneurs and also business leaders is really something for me as a personal accomplishment to uh, check off, that's for sure. Well, congratulations, and I know you could have been in a thousand other places than where you are right now talking to our audience here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. We appreciate your discipline and focus and, and carving out time to be with our, our audience this afternoon. Why, thank you, Rick. Tell me about GB Collects. So GB Collects is a business-to-business commercial collection agency. We assist companies in recovering their past-due receivables worldwide. While we have a national presence, we also speak internally six languages, and we work sometimes around the clock to handle difficult scenarios, rather be here on domestic soil or overseas. Help me to understand what it's been like to be able to help your clients put the cash back into their flow. The recession must have caused a lot of people, a lot of a lot of clients who maybe previously had were good pays and able to pay to fall on times. Your your job must have been even more challenging over the past four or five years, George. Most people look at it and say, "Wow, you must be super busy. This must be a great time for you." And I I stop them right there and I say, "You know, everybody has a hurdle." Everybody's been hurting. This is not a great time for anyone. As a matter of fact, to collect money, we have to work twice as hard for half as little, which is fine. The good part about this is being able to put that lifeblood black back in my clients' veins, give them that financial freedom to hire, bring more jobs to the market, buy more product, and get America growing again. And, you know, some people look at a collection agency and they say, wow. This guy is something else, horrible, horrible. Let's take that back a step. If I'm creating jobs and helping businesses succeed and expand, there's nothing horrible about that. We're honoring our clients' expenditure into the marketplace, letting them go out and purchase and build. These are good things. Watching a client who was maybe on the fence being able to grow, those are good things, Rick. So I understand that your firm has been recognized as one of the best places to work in Philadelphia, and you also were recognized with, I think, third place for an industry recognition in the collection industry. What is it about you and, and your firm, your executive team, the culture, kind of allows you to achieve that type of recognition? We, we really focus on doing the right thing all the time. Some people look at us and say, oh, collection agency. We're here to help. We're not here to cause complaints or cause problems. Many times, a lot of the debtors who we go after to pay, our, pay the bills are complimentary. Some of them even come on as clients because they're so happy in the way they were respected and treated. Furthermore, my employees, they all work a 35-hour work week. We create custom environments for our single moms and single dads who need flexible work times. We keep it a professional environment. 
You know, there's no swipe in or swipe out cards in my office for a reason. I hire professionals to come in and do a professional job. And they're not necessarily bill collectors. A lot of these professionals are accountants and auditors and the like. These people get treated great. There's only one owner of this company, and it's me. There's no board of directors. To, there's no public pressure on stock price. It's me being able to put that money back into the company, put it back into the people, be a strong member of the community, donate to the community, and be a pillar of the community. And those things turn into a great work environment. You also give of your personal time and probably your personal wealth to a number of worthy organizations in the greater Philadelphia area. Can you just... Yeah, if I makes you uncomfortable, I'll talk about it. But uh, would you mind kind of sharing with our audience sort of the the type of uh, organizations that you're supporting and helping? Absolutely. You know, one of the biggest ones is the Burlington County Women's Opportunities Shelter. This is a shelter where um, homeless women and children go in the unlikely or awful event of spousal abuse, et cetera, et cetera. Um, over the last uh, three years, I believe we've adopted. A uh, total of 15 families from that shelter and helped these women get financially stable. Uh, brought them through mainly the holiday season. Usually Christmas time we step in and we take care of everything and we give uh, uh, a very nice financial uh, donation and guidance and assistance to the shelter in order to get these people back into the workforce. We also work highly with the ESGR, which is a division of U.S. government, for the employer support of the Guard and Reserve and in helping our, our, our wounded soldiers and our military get jobs and keep jobs. You know, we've actually um, kept the benefits in place for military personnel who are called up that work for us. And these are things that you do behind the scenes. You don't look for a pat on the back, so to say. So I'm rather uncomfortable even discussing it, but that's the answer to the question. All right. So you said you have people with different language skills at your firm. How does it, in your experience in doing this, how does that work when you're trying to collect money for companies that that, that require you to, I guess, talk to firms in other countries, how much more difficult is it chasing the money when you're going internationally? You know, international is not about chasing money. International is about knowing the country you're calling, knowing the the dialect, and also knowing the rules of the road in that country. You know, for instance, if you're dealing with with a Turkish debtor um, and you're calling Turkey, you don't talk about money offhand. You talk about families first. How is the family? Anything, if you called up and asked for money, it would be considered rude. You have to be able to build some type of relationship with these people. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about how they wish to be treated. And we all try to treat these people in the same way they want to be treated. So knowing their nuance, knowing how they do business is a big up, and that's what puts us ahead of the rest. So it's more than understanding that language. It's actually understanding the culture. Culture and just business, intellect and business feelings. It's a whole mixture. It's not just bill collection. Bill collection is easy. It's being able to sit down and listen. Actually listen to someone. You know, a lot of our clients spend millions of dollars marketing and getting clients to the table. To lose a client over a simple mistake or a simple disagreement is wasted money, wasted relationships. Now, truly, if they're out to take advantage of our clients and not honor their word and honor their agreement, then they're not really 
clients of our clients. They're really debtors that we don't wish to have, nor does my client wish to have involved with them. There's a lot of good people out there, Rick, and I think some of them get a bad rap. So you started the firm in 2001. Now here we are, 12, coming up on 12 years later. Where do you see the future for GB Collects? Talk to us about growth. What's going to be you know, changing? How's that, how are you going to, how's that going to impact the firm? What's the future hold for your firm, George? Man, I am so excited about the future. You know, as we've become more of a partner with our trusted clients, and I represent a huge aspect of the commercial insurance markets, HMOs and PPOs, roughly 70% of that market are clients of mine. We have trusted relationships with these people, and opportunities are created every day. You know, one strike of a pen, one change of a law, and there's opportunities in the U.S. for small companies to really be the backbone and the go-to partners of these larger corporations to help them get things done. And I, I must say that my fellow workers at GB Collects, we all have a single goal, to make it something more diverse. You know, you start off as a debt collection agency. 30 years down the road, I don't know if that's really going to be as prevalent as it is today. It's going to be more electronic commerce, obviously with Check 21 and, and electronic commerce taking over. I personally, I'm on a, a personal you know, direction to have the credit expectations of companies changed. You know, we used to give 30-day terms back 100 years ago. You don't need to do that nowadays. Do good business. Get your vendors. Make them a partner of your business. You've got to trust in your vendors. You've got to have a relationship with your vendors. Because that's where your technology, that's where your growth is going to come from. You want your vendors to be a good partner with you. Then you'll be a successful company. That's very true. I wonder if you could uh, help our audience if they wanted to learn more about GB Collects and you. Uh, how do they find you online? What's your website? GBCollects.com. Very simple. That's- G-B-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-S.com. All right. My name is George Bresler. That's with one S, B-R-E-S-L-E-R. Feel free to look look me up, Google me. You'll see a couple of crazy photos. There's one where I have a LinkedIn with writing on my head. And uh, obviously the point is it doesn't need to be that serious. It needs to be just good, solid business. Well, I hope if you haven't had dinner yet, because I know you're on the East Coast, we're here on the West Coast, that you get a chance to go out with friends and family and celebrate your uh, success. My engineer says have a big steak. I don't know if you're a steak man, but if you haven't, you certainly sounds like today you've earned it, George. I, I really appreciate you making the time to be on our program and sharing a little bit about your firm with our guests here on an audience on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. Thank you, sir. Rick, thank you, and I'll be more than happy to come back. And to all you people, keep doing good business. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, engineers tell me we are running out of time, and so I just want to say I hope that those three guests, first of all, I want to thank Ken Wax, who is our partner and producer in Philadelphia, for bringing us three outstanding guests here today. Ken's with uh, Renaissance Executive Forums, Ken Wax in Philadelphia. Our engineer for the show is Paul Roberts. Our marketing communications manager is Kelly Faltis. Our producer is Rachel Franzi, and our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. This is your host, Rick Franzi, and I'd like to say until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. 
right here on octalkradio.net.